inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning. Good morning. Feeling rough today? Uh, not too bad. Just it's <clears> been <throat> a busy, busy week and a half or so at least, and uh, yeah, just a little slow going on a Monday, but we're here, so we did it. We're back on Outlook, and we are on Twitter at Outlook CFB, and on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash. Outlook. Outlook on Radio Western. Yeah, Outlook on Radio Western. So uh, we got some stuff to talk about today because uh, so I was absent last week. Uh, I mean, things were pretty quiet with Easter and all that anyway. But uh, so, but I'm back and uh, yeah. So we have some stuff we wanted to just go over that's been going on. Um, what have you been up to, Brian? Yeah. So figured I'd just quick quick start with this weekend. It was pretty busy. Um, Friday I had my music show here and then Friday night music industry arts at Fanshawe is finishing up um, the year that my friends in from from the band I play in um, graduated so they had a couple house shows to celebrate all the bands who have played in the program um, so I played two house shows Friday night and Saturday night and both of these shows were outside so it was uh, <laughs> Friday night was really cold um, I mean I, well, yeah, I we, dealt with it, but... Uh, we can start with the weather. Yeah, did your fingers freeze or you play the guitar? Yeah, it was a pretty short set. You um, play pretty fast sometimes. I play guitar and it, it somehow ended up... It worked out, but uh, after the second song or so, my fingers were kind of numb, but <laughs> I, could, I could still play. Um, and so, then Saturday was, was a bit better. It was a bit warmer and it was yeah. a bit earlier in the day that we played, but uh, even even still, it, w- it was all right. Um, but yeah, it, was a lot of, lots, it was a lot of standing and... and uh, just gets tiring after a while, but it was a it's a good weekend. And then yesterday I jammed with my other band, so lots of jamming, yeah. playing music this weekend. Your hands are all right. Well, I n- noticed the weather too as I pulled in on a train to Ottawa Friday afternoon. Not a good weekend to be in uh, Canada's capital city, um, but it's always nice there. Actually, like I really like Ottawa. Um, felt so official when we got there, but so you went to you just went to Ottawa to, to visit on a rainy weekend or what? Yeah, no, I wish I could have like gone and helped with the flooding efforts or like cleaning up all that if if I was going to help anything. But um, no, we just got there and then our driver to the hotel was talking about how bad the flooding was in like the low lying areas there and along the river. Um, so we didn't really see any of that. We stayed in downtown Ottawa, and uh, the reason why I went there for barely two days um, was to present a paper that I co-wrote last year. Uh, so, I mean, again, I can talk about this because we should keep Yeah, talk about, about it a little bit because I, I don't know how much we've talked about this service on the air and yeah. you, you're you the expert, so. Well, that's the thing. I'm not the expert and I really struggle at these presentations because there's a lot of facts and figures and there's a lot of you know, details like like EPUB 2 and EPUB 3 and MP3 and PDF and, right? Like, it's complicated. Anyway, um, but it is an important issue to me down down deep 
where it really matters. Um, so I only found out about this like a few months after I found out about the Canadian Federation of the Blind. And um, we had a present presenter on the call who wanted to talk to us about what she um, is a part of, and it's called NELS, so National Network for Equitable Library Services. So most people would have no idea what that is, and I, like, I didn't either. I didn't know that this was a th- problem or a thing. I just knew that it did bug me. And how, how long has this been around? So 2013 they started, and it's kind of, so it's a network of, it's a website, nels.ca, and if you want to see the study, I quote my name on the author's front page, it's um, nels.ca slash braille study. Um, but yeah, they've been going since 2013, and so they're actually, they're doing quite well. It takes time, right, to grow these things, but they've been getting some more grants and some more stuff from the government, some help, and they're getting out to talk to publishers. So the big thing is that libraries in Canada are not blind-friendly, uh, and that was always just like a given growing up. We would just be like, yeah, we get our books from the CNIB library in Toronto or wherever. Um and that's great. You know, we I read a lot growing up um, because of that. But to hear that there are options and other ways of doing it, other than keeping us separate as a, oh, here's a library for the blind, ooh, and sighted people are kind of like, whoa, what's that like? Yeah, again, it's it goes back to inclusion and keeping things separate versus p- putting things all together. And the CNIB library, well, a great, a great s- situation, and we've definitely u- utilized it over the years. It's a separate place, whereas if this stuff's integrated into all libraries, then it's everyone's included and it's definitely a a good thing yeah so I've just I love books and I will love bookstores and libraries obviously if I could see the books that's still hard for me sometimes Uh, but at least at a library I mean a bookstore could do it too (laughs) but um, just braille books nobody really knows how they're made and how much it costs and all that stuff they're bigger bookstores aren't very inclusive either no well that's well there's no blind bookstores you know, really? Except, so I don't know. It's, I'm just starting to get into this issue. I, I Like I said, it, it did bother me for a long time, but I didn't know um, what to say about that or how to put words to that. And then I found, when I heard about Nels, I thought, this is great. What they want to do is they want to work with libraries across Canada to make it plausible to have Braille books available so that blind people can go to the library like anyone else, Right. And, you know, things are online these days, more websites and the website, and you can borrow books and whatever. And then we, we know about Ford's recent library cuts and all that. And so it doesn't give me much hope that librarians are going to see this and be like, oh, we got to get on board with this. But it's not even, it's not even just Braille books. It's also online material. Um, Cause I don't know about you, but I don't, I generally read Braille on my phone with my Braille display. I don't really Well, like that's what the study we did last year was trying to figure out. Like, is there enough of a need? And if, if there is, why, you know, how can we make it work? So you explore all the options, right? That you would download a book and read it off your phone and Braille display. But um, sometimes I do like a Braille book. So libraries, if they, if they signed on to this, they would have access... To- if they sign on to the National Network of Equitable, Equitable Library Services, it's yeah, a bit of a mouthful. A bit of a mouthful. Um, if they signed on to this, they would, ha- they would have access to Braille books to order in if you wanted. Because obviously, Braille takes up a lot of space, and they're not going to be able to have all the print books they have in Braille in the no, library as well. That's the thing. It would be what, it, what Nels found is that um, first, you got to get publishers to understand that there are ways when their books are first put out to make them accessible for everybody. Um, and 
you know, some, you know, like I was saying, some formats just aren't as conducive for that. They're, they're images and it's, it doesn't translate well when you get a Braille display and an iPhone like you and would. And that's why I'm still a little confused because I know, like, I mean, this isn't, isn't a library, but ordering any books off iBooks or online, they're always, like, everything I've ever checked out is, is always fine. So I don't know exactly what they're referring to, but I guess, you know, there's tons of books out there, textbooks and all sorts of. Yeah, I mean, books you, that you just wouldn't have come across, I guess. But yeah, then we had a discussion recently about, um, you know, certain books when I open them in iBooks or open them in my Kindle or whatever, they they come out differently. And so I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's not been ever an issue for you. Um, but anyway, yeah, the idea of like big bulky Braille in a library. Of course, that's not possible um, on a like a big scale type deal. But what Nell suggests is that you would be able to contact Nels if you want a book and if they don't have that book they will get it for you they will get it they want to get as many in their collection as they can they will get it produced whatever you know they have to do uh, but what you do is you would order a book and if you wanted it in a braille copy like I like now some people say this can be wasteful but that's just books in general we're going to stop making books <laughs> I don't know um, but anyway I would I would send them the message I want this book and what they would do at this point was would be they would contract out with small braille producers. Now these are people who have their own businesses. Sometimes they're people with blindness already, and they kind of understand what it's you know the, the process of of translating you know into braille, making braille books. But anyway, they would they would contract with those ones, and you know so you don't give all your power to one company to do something for you, where you need a big you know a big warehouse with all these printers and you just have people in different places across the country who do this and do it well and you get them to print out books when somebody orders one and what they would do is after you finish reading it it would come to your library Canada Post delivers Braille for free it would come to the library you would get it and read it then you could keep it or you could donate it somewhere or you can give it back to the library and what they would do is they would keep so every library in Canada would have a, f a shelf or a few shelves of Braille books. And they would they would um, circulate those books. So next time somebody asked for a book, if it had been made in Braille for the first time six months ago, then they would be able to try and get it to you, right? Like all libraries would share this. So they would send books from place to place. They would, you know, take orders. It's kind of like the interlibrary loan system kind of thing that was part of the cuts um, the other day. Right, like if you don't, if there's not a book in Woodstock that I want, I could have got one from London. Now, right now, London can send to its very different, um, separate library branches, but it can't send to Woodstock or anywhere else. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I'm I'm learning about this stuff as well. Um, I'm not as as I'm not a writer like Carrie, and I I do read, but not you know not as much probably. So I'm learning about this as well. But uh, yeah, it's important. So you you presented on. On Friday. Everything, like this, what you're talking about here, or you got mm -hmm. more in depth with things because I don't know. No, that's the thing. I tried to add this time a little more of my personal touch because some people, you know, people might respond to that if they see how frustrated I am um, that, you know, libraries aren't accessible to me and I love them yet. <laughs> so currently in Ontario, have, have libraries signed up for this? No. So the, so the thing is that Nell's, since starting in 2013, it has gotten certain provinces and territories to um, see the wisdom and to give it a try. Um, so BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, uh, I know um, Nova Scotia and uh, Yukon, Northwest Territory, none of it. Um, so, you know, not a little more than half? 
Yeah, that's like seven. yeah. So seven it's 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 a good, but you, but each province, what they have to do is they have to pitch in. Um, this doesn't cost the libraries themselves anything, but it would you know would require the province to say we're gonna you know make be one of the other provinces in this country in this country to make it books accessible for blind people. Um, but Ontario is one of the provinces that is not doing that. Um, so right now I don't really have access to Nell's. So I can go in my library and I can ask for it. If a library itself wants to sign up, then I could get access. That would still mean that they are sort of sort of hanging on to something that other provinces are supporting and they their own province isn't supporting. But Nels would never say, well, you can't, as a library, you can't join us uh, because your your province hasn't decided to do it. So um, I went into my own library and I asked for it and they... And that's in... They gave me the runaround. In Woodstock. Woodstock. And, yeah. you know, I don't... I love that place, but yet I go there for writing group now and it's kind of... I've lost my... I just don't feel good about it, but I, 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 I got a no and I, I let it go because I didn't know how to pursue it. Um, but basically here in Ontario, we have CELA uh, and that's a CNIB library. So they've sort of transformed over the years. And what does that stand for? I don't know. C-E-L-A. So, equitable Library... <laughs> I don't know. know. I, I've been so focused on now. <laughs> I know that you've I, been focused on. I this stopped. Um, I, I, I didn't know all the details of Sila, but uh, anyway, these things go by their names like this eventually. You forget what it stands for. Yeah. Speaking of, so yeah, my library turned me down um, because Sila is a CNIB uh, thing, and Ontario, um, it's a CNIB province, kind of. You know, well, the main offices. In yeah, Toronto the main offices here, are in Toronto, CNIB, so it just feels country, like so. they. This is the, maybe the last province that's going to end up getting this. I don't know. But if we could get all our libraries to sign up, and a few have, but not enough. Um, and if I, enough libraries signed up libraries signed up in the province, then maybe it would be more convincing for the province to sign on to it. Maybe. I mean, yeah. I know at this point, well, that's a the lot point. going on politically. You start but. step by step, right? The libraries, the province. So, um, yeah, they just said, no, we have CELA, and that's enough. That's all you need. So We're how did your... Sorry to interrupt, but how, so how did your presentation go then in the end? Did, did you get a lot of interest, people that hadn't heard of this Nels before that asked any questions? How was the, the overall? No, so we kind of got pushed at the end. It was the very last presentation of, of the day, and people seemed really eager to get out. Yeah, <laughs> that's too bad. Um, there were a few, you know, exclamations during the pr presentation, like, oh, or, oh yeah, like recognition of something. But no, people haven't heard of it. People, but just like people haven't even heard of the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Right. So this was an AEBC conference, and I finally get, um, got it down what A stands for. <laughs> I always forgot. Uh, so it's the Alliance for the Equality of Blind Canadians. Yeah, no, this is one This is one I'd heard of um, a few years back because I got a, actually got a scholarship through them mm -hmm. um, when I went to school that they they give out, I think, a couple scholarships every year maybe. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really great, and I really much appreciate that from, from the... Alliance for the Equality of Blind Canadians, which we'll try, we'll call AEBC. Yeah. Um, it's a lot, a lot to keep track of for listeners here. <laughs> Sorry about that. But uh, it's like, I'm trying to explain it to my driver, took me back to the train station yesterday. He was like from the Philippines or something. I'm not sure. We had our conversation, but um, I don't, th I, I said Canadian, or I said uh, Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians, and he heard Lyme Canadians. So, <laughs> you know, of course, you know, it's gonna, it's most people are gonna have trouble with these and wonder what what are they all for. And I wonder that myself. But it, when you see these conferences in action, it's quite interesting. These groups, um, like the ABC, they come together at an AGM, which is an annual general meeting, 
which is a conference. They bring in speakers like we with the CFB last year and again coming this weekend. Uh, you bring in speakers and stuff, but you you do a lot of official business because these are organizations um, like the CFB or whatever that they're not they wouldn't exist without the people in them and it, that takes a while sometimes. So it's you know it's interesting to be witnessing it now more. Um, but I'm glad I got to see an ABC conference because we're not that different. These organizations. Yeah, I mean, this one, this AEBC specifically um, with the CFB is similar in a sense because it is about equality. It is like big on equality and mm-hmm. advocacy to as well, I would imagine, with the AEBC and yeah, just getting awareness. Equality for blind Canadians. That's just the main Right, one. it's in the name. So, yeah, yeah, it's in the name, but... Um, yeah, they do a lot of official business, right? Like, they, they do actually try and talk to government agencies and politicians and representatives. And so, yeah, um, they had the they had someone from the CRTC there. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and they had someone Important from... radio. Well, exactly. I thought I'd let you know that one specifically. Um, and then someone from CTA, which is Canada Transportation Agency. So these are kind of the, the things that, that are common with both organizations. Um, with transit, out west, they're dealing with these bike lines that were, lanes that were installed that are quite dangerous. Bike lanes in general can be kind of dangerous. These bikes are silent and then they whip by. But this one is right in front of, like right when you get off a bus before you can get anywhere. Yeah, it's between the bus, between where you get on the bus and the sidewalk is our bike lanes. And so BC they're, that they're worried about that out there and that that could spread across the country and other, and other, um, other uh, town city designs. But um, that's a transportation thing, guide dog issues. But um, yeah, CRTC was interesting. I mean, obviously, um, audio description is a big one for me. And uh, and then, yeah, just to be able to be here, you know, I was already thinking about that. But Yeah. What uh, what sort of things did they talk about? Did they present to present so, she So basically, this um, what's coming out in Canada, um, it's called Bill C-81. The access access for Can- <laughs> these all these are so I know, it's complicated. A, um, it's Accessible Canada Act, so ACA, uh, and uh, Carla Qualtro is um, you know kind of spearheading all of that, and it's going to be it's in the center right now, and they're trying to make upgrades. But people's worry about that some sort of um, accessibility, you know, leg- legislation for the, for disabled people here in Canada. That's great, but a lot of it doesn't have timelines of when they're going to make changes and. So people are worried that it's sort of oh flashy and looks good, you know. Some would say in this election year or whatever, but <laughs> um, it's just the substance, and 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 you got to be able to read through it to know. It's like the Mueller report, right? Everybody can comment on it, but if you haven't read it, it's kind of like a lady at the conference brought up um, in the Constitution, the Canadian um, rights and freedoms, right? And um, I guess is it. Article 13 or 15. One of them is specifically about quality for people with disabilities and different, you know, minorities. So, I mean, again, that one I haven't read either, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I when read was the last time we read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? I read some, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I, I did some stuff with it in high school law Yeah, class. that's just it, right? It's, it's come up in school a little bit and stuff, but other than that. But she was pointing out how, how like, she witnessed all that come to be, right? She was around back before that was a thing in the 80s and the 70s and before. So she got to see that as, as an activist, this woman who spoke Saturday morning at the conference. Um, she actually spoke at ours last year. Brian Heather, remember that? The lady? The, she's indigenous from BC somewhere. Yeah, I think, yeah. So, I think so, yeah. So she came to this one and I think she is more a part of them, um, a member. She spoke um, and she had her grandson there 
and um, they d- did a sort of a song, you know, like a an indigenous song with the you know. She, so he played the drum and she sang, and they they do that now at all these conferences. It's a good th- you know, it's a good way to recognize what land you're occupying. Right. You want to think about that kind of thing these days. Yeah, it's a big part of culture and having that represented. But she just pointed out that like she she knows what it was like before before the charter and. We take that for granted, I guess, and you don't read it, and most people wouldn't. But, but that was interesting. So they were talking a lot about, you know, back when when they were just getting um, closed captioning on television. You know, before that, it wasn't a thing, and then all of a sudden it became a thing, and now you know you don't really think of a TV channel on without it. But audio description is still that sort of issue. So people were just sort of saying, well, if they do it for closed captioning, what's the holdup? Like, why do we have to wait a year for things? But she's like, well, we're part of this act now, and we have to work with within that. And yeah, and I mean, so things take there were some time, angry, a few angry comments, and you know, she, <laughs> what do you do in those situations? I'm sure, but um, you just keep sort of repeating your stance. But it doesn't make people happy. You know, I'm still upset that there's no audio description in my theater in Woodstock. And well, and again, it's it's like all of this stuff. It just it mm-hmm. it takes time, especially when you're dealing with higher ups and all these people and you gotta yeah. you gotta be patient with stuff and just bureaucracy and just keep at it you know it's, it's like what we're doing with the Canadian Federation of the Blind starting up here it's such a new thing here in Ontario for us but we're just you can't always be doing stuff and you can't it's not always gonna progress as, as quickly as you hope but you gotta just keep at it and it's it just takes time so mm-hmm. alright so we're down to our last five minutes or so so uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah, if there's anything see, else I was away and then well no I wanted to things build up I wanted to talk about a bunch about this conference you went to in Ottawa for the AEBC just Could because always, it did seem like an important thing. Yeah, we can return to more of it another time. Um, or Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you quickly wanted to say about it. We had a couple couple other things listed um, to talk about on today's show. Yeah, I'll so, talk about the rest another time. All right, we can move on then, I guess, from the AEBC conference. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Learn more about it. Come on, people. It's like, I'm, I'm presenting this Braille study, and it's like, just go to nnels.ca slash Braille study and <laughs> yeah. read it yourself. No, they won't. Uh, well, you just put it out there, and you never know. I just want librarians to to read the paper. But yeah. Keep throwing a stack of them in front of my library in Woodstock. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway. So there's a couple other Braille-related things, plus mm. um, this temp temporary job I got at the Grand Theatre which is also ex- very exciting mm-hmm. for me I, if you've been listening to the show you heard about my experience with the bank before and and applying for that and that taking a whole long time and it was a bit of a process and that didn't work out but I did get this temporary call center job um, but I'm only I'm an alternate caller right now so if they need more callers later in the season I'll be called um, but I have been going through a week's paid training at this call center and it's been it's been really great yeah it's funny and like we have been having a few meetings for the CFB and stuff the last week, and Brian's not there. It's like, well, ah, uh, go, go, Brian. Well, that's the that's the point of our. That's the thing. We don't want to be people just staying on the phone and 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 discussing back and forth. You want to actually see possible, um, po- you know, positive change and, and and improvements in our lives. Yeah, I mean, the goal of well, one of the well, there's a lot of goals with the CFB, but one of them is employment. That's a big one, and that's the theme of our convention this year. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, that's that takes precedent over being on these conference calls, even though they're both extremely important. Um, and you know, with scheduling and as times change, people work things out, and hopefully, these calls work out so people can still be on the calls and work. But it it did feel good to 
not be able to be on the call, but the reason being that I was I was going going to work instead of you know not, not just being able to make it. So, yep, Brian's like, sorry, I couldn't make it. I had to work. <laughs> like awesome, because that's I mean that was what's the thing that was talked about the conference though. The one guy that was there, he was representing the um, the program that was in pro in the province um, that everybody gets a living wage. What's that called? And then the Ford government scrapped it. People think it's just bums wanting. If we all just get some, you know, basic income, that's what it's called, program. So that's the discussion. And because he said, even even for anybody, it's hard to get a job these days. And the guy I was talking to said something, a statistic sort of like you can have two PhDs as a blind person and you struggle just as much to get a job as someone who didn't even graduate high school. So that's just not right. So that was a big part of their conference too. But you've been doing good with this, right? You don't have any complaints, you know. You adapt. Yeah, I mean, so far at this this grand experience, we've we've just been doing the training so far, and we've just started to get to computers. So I'm interested to see how things go with that, with accessibility. It um, just feels like all these jobs are IT jobs, technology. But, but the, that's but, what the world wants now, and I don't know what. I've, but the good thing <laughs> is that these days, generally, computers are are accessible with screen reading software. I mean, there's certain software that isn't hasn't come along, but in a lot of cases, it is. So. In a way, these technology jobs are good because, generally speaking, blind people can do them. But it it always depends, right? There's so many factors, and yeah. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I just wanted a quick comment on that experience and say that it's been so positive so far and been treated really, really well there. You know, it's, it's always the best when you when you're in a situation and you you know that you're you have this disability and stuff, but you don't think about it generally the way you're treated and the way things are you just feel like anyone else and that's how I felt with this situation so yeah. I just wanted to point that out that's and say what we that want. how great that's been yeah well like um, there'll be something going on next week we won't be here yeah so um, well even more to talk about then so yeah we're going to this the convention in Vancouver we're leaving on Thursday this week mm-hmm. so <clears throat> we'll be back um, Monday morning but it, it'll be like Monday at midnight or something. You'll just hear um, us go. Mm. So yeah, I don't think we're gonna make make it to the show next week. But then we may have a special Mother's Day episode coming up too. So we'll see. <laughs> Lots going on. Yeah, and we're also hoping to do some interviews and coverage at the convention. Yeah, get some people's thoughts on um, a lot of things. That see if they don't if they don't mind us bringing back here to um, share those. And we're also presenting about this show outlook. Yeah, we're trying to get some more. Um, blind audience <laughs> people hear about it at this con- conference and so yeah that's exciting coming up this weekend the CFB convention in Vancouver look it up it's pretty last minute but if you want to go highly recommended we've got five delegates from Ontario right now which is great <laughs> are you laughing at me everybody would rather go to Vegas <laughs> where the big uh, you, the convention is in the US, the US ones. it's so much more f- glamorous in Las Vegas, but yeah, I was, I'm impressed to see that five of us here from Ontario are going out west to attend this convention because it is very important. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that. Cool. And uh, goodbye April and we'll, guys, we'll see you guys next month in May. Yeah, that's true. Our next episode it'll be May and we'll see you then. Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western on Twitter at Outlook CFB. <laughs> yep, find us there. Have a good day.